This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, proudly sponsored by Mini Quiz. I'm your host, Ian Turner, and on today's show, bona fide country girl, Miranda Easton. But first, I'd really appreciate if you enjoy today's show to subscribe. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and hit one of the subscribe links on the front page. Right, Miranda Easton. Today sees the release of her debut solo album, Behind Unbroken Strings, supported by a veritable who's who of the New Zealand music scene. But it's been hard work and perseverance that's led to this big day. She's had knockbacks and disagreements and trying times, but she always comes through a little bit stronger with a smile on her face. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Miranda Easton on Plains FM 96.9. Miranda, can you describe the very first time you heard music? So one of my earliest memories of music is during road trips, family holidays and such, to the West Coast and up to Golden Bay and going around all the windy roads and listening to cassettes in the old Honda Accord, 1987 Honda Accord. I was going to ask what kind of car it was. That's brilliant. <laughs> it had the pop-up headlights. Okay. <laughs> I remember loving that when I was a kid. Yeah, we used to listen to a lot of Crowded House and Split Ends and Greg Johnson and Kiwi bands, mostly. But occasionally there was a bit of Van Morrison. At some point during one of these trips, it must have been quite a windy road. If I hear Van Morrison any time, even a cover, I instantly feel nauseous <laughs> to this day. So it's nothing to do with the music. It's, it's to do with that sense. It brings sensory. back the memory. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think, family-wise, uh, there was such a, a Kiwi fixation? Because most of the time, um, at least Fleetwood Mac or the Eagles are usually mentioned mm. in those kind of car trips. My mum's taste in music was what always prevailed. My stepfather had a rather different taste in music, kind of jazzy, mm-hmm. um, really instrumental type stuff, so... I'm kind of glad that it was her in charge of the radio. <laughs> Do you remember the first uh, tape or CD that you bought? I think it, it might have been the Spice Girls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For some reason, it's the videos that sort of stand out in my mind. Yeah, sure. So were you singing along with this stuff, even the Kiwi stuff in the car, singing along with the Spice Girls? Was that sort of how the music sort of came in? Definitely the Crowded House stuff, Nilfin stuff. I seem to know every word of every song, even though as an adult I didn't really listen to it that much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely went in somewhere. What about instruments? Um, when did the guitar come along? Yeah, so my mum always had a guitar and she kind of strummed along. I think she had the odd lesson when when we were kids. She definitely wasn't an expert, but there was always a guitar around and I was kind of interested I thought for a while I might like to try violin. Mm-hmm. It was at some point in primary school, I might have been about 11, and I started having these lessons, and I practiced at home like crazy. 
any time I could. I was practicing this thing. And I went back to like the second or third lesson. And the teacher accused me of having not practiced and said, oh, you're not taking it seriously. And um, I was really put off. So I didn't um, continue with that. And then I think that sort of put me off playing anything. I thought, I'm naturally not very good. I can't master an instrument. I must be a bit a bit stupid. That's how I, I remember feeling like that. Um, so it wasn't until many years later that I got guitar lessons myself. Um, so um, out of your own pocket or mum help you, helped you out with yeah, that? Yeah, just myself. I yeah. think um, it might have been about... 18, 19, mm-hmm. yeah, did a few lessons. Which is quite late in a way. Yeah. That really must have had an effect, that sort of like negative. It had uh, a huge effect. And um, even with with all music, I mean, I was writing songs when I was really young and I stopped doing that as well. I kind of put it down and, and went to um, partying and drinking and, and doing other stuff, just being a bit of a general naughty teenager Mm. and it wasn't until after that stage that I kind of thought hang on this is what I want to do getting back into the music was post post high school yeah so no music whatsoever during those sort of formative teenage years no just a lot of listening to music but but not a lot of creating anything where did the country side of things come in we got Neil on a guitar Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't say that's country I dabbled in a whole bunch of genres and it just seemed to be that what I was writing sounded country. <laughs> it just sounded country. Um, and everyone was saying, you should do some country. So, Is this everyone on the West Coast? <laughs> yeah, I did, I did make a lot of friends on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I didn't really choose the country. It kind of chose me. me. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Who would you say your influences are? across the very wide country genre. Right, yeah. It is certainly very wide. Yeah. Dolly Parton, number one, yeah. of course. And and not not just because of how she sounds or anything, but her work ethic is outstanding. Yep. I mean, she's written thousands of songs. Yep. And she gets up in the middle of the night to write songs. And, you know, it's dedication. Yeah. It's fantastic. And um, she's got a few stories to tell as well. A lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's another thing about country music. It really is stories. And there's something something nice in that. Mm-hmm. We all have stories and we all share stories and something honest in country music, I think. I know it gets a, a bit of shit, you know, people <laughs> people pick on it. But at the end of the day, a lot of it is really nice storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, aside from Dolly, anyone uh, else? Jewel Kilcher. Mm-hmm. Definitely an inspiration. Um, one of her biggest inspirations is also Dolly Parton. So we've got that in common. Mm. Um, I like her her writing style, her lyrics, um, her poetry. I did actually go and meet her a few years ago in San Jose. Amazing. Yeah. I, um, I danced backstage at one of her gigs with her dad at, at Skilcher. <laughs> How did that come about? So I... Bought tickets to a show, and um, because we were coming from so far away, I think her publicist thought that was pretty decent. All the way from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was a Christmas show, actually. Okay. I went backstage, and her dad was so lovely, and 
he just said, do you want to dance? <laughs> and we danced to all these Christmas songs, just like lunatics backstage at this huge hall um, while she was singing with her brothers on stage. And every now and then he went out and sang a song and then came back and it was just, it was bananas. <laughs> that certainly sounds crazy. Yeah, I got some really nice pictures and it was it was a really cool time. What did you talk about? Was there sort of any exchanging of, of musical thinkings? Um, we talked a little bit about, um, I'm friends with a, a chap in Nashville who's who's done some keys for her, for some of her earlier albums, so mm. we talked about him, Yeah, just having a mutual friend, and um, I congratulated her on her like new jewellery line, and just a bit of small talk really. But I never really thought about Jewel having a jewellery line. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Song Lines by Jewel. Is yeah. it Song Lines? Song Lines. I'm quite ah. addicted to it. I'm wearing the earrings at the moment actually. It's okay. A, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Um, but yeah, that was a huge highlight for me. Yeah. Um, to meet her and, and dance with her dad. <laughs> is there a track from Jewel we can hear right now? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so one of my favourites is Goodbye Alice in Wonderland and I suspect she wrote this song about her mother, who was her former manager, but ran off with her money, which is a horrible story. It's country. Yeah, it's country. And the song came out not long after that happened. And I think there's a few lyrics in there that point to it being her mother. Yeah. It's four in the afternoon I'm on a flight Leaving LA Trying to figure out my life My youth Scattered along the highway Hotel rooms and headlights I've made a living with a song Guitar as my companion Wanting desperately to belong Famous filled with spoiled children And we grow fat on fantasy Guess that's why I'm leaving I crave reality When I reach the top 
you did not Yes, a heart can hallucinate If it's completely stuff love It can even turn Just like a weapon You turned it against me Like a knife You broke my last heart string You opened up my This is the Garden of Sound interview with Miranda Easton on Plains FM 96.9. Miranda, do you remember the first big gig you went to? I do. Okay. And unfortunately, it is insanely embarrassing. Uh, we've had lots of wiggles and all of the rest. Oh, uh, wiggles would be fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, my first gig in Christchurch at Pioneer Stadium in 1997. Okay. Was Peter Andre. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. He's an artist. He is an artist. He is. Um, I was in love with him. Yeah. Man, I was in love with him. I yeah. remember looking up at him and just thinking, gosh, 
I wish that was mine. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I wish that was mine. I wish that torso yeah. was mine. And he... He wanted to be his he, mysterious girl. I, I did. Guess. I did. And he, he chose a girl from the audience. Oh, no. And she got up on stage and and he, he danced with her and, and he held her close. And my poor heart, <laughs> my heart broke. Oh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, I must have been quite young then. I can't do the maths on the spot, but... Yeah. That was my first concert, Peter Andre. That's crazy. Is there any particular artist that you've seen that you've taken something away from that you've incorporated into your own uh, live shows? Probably Jewel, I would say. Again, I like the the kind of presence she brings when she performs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a stillness. There's mm-hmm. something really nice about that. And I do have a few really upbeat songs where it doesn't work. But with the more intimate songs, there's a kind of a vibe that she creates. And I do try and create that myself, kind of a a thoughtfulness. I don't know quite how to describe it. But if you look up on YouTube, any old Jewel concert, you will see it. I try to do that. Who are you playing with at the moment? How Do you have a backing band or does it change? I do. So I have a band up in Auckland. Mm-hmm. My producer, Greg Haver, is also my drummer. Mm-hmm. I have Tom Healy on guitar, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Hughes on bass, mm-hmm. and Stephen Small on keys. Okay. It's an amazing band. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in that band is, has been in so many incredible other bands. Yeah. Like, really, so many. If you could just, if you made a list, it would be ridiculous. I've had Greg on the show, uh, and I fully intend to talk to Tom at some point. How did your relationship with those guys come about, especially as we're looking um, at the release of your new album, which is called... Behind Unbroken Strings. Behind Unbroken Strings, released today. Um, So how did that relationship come about with Greg and Tom, at least? Initially, it was meant to just be one or two songs. I went up and I did one or two songs. But everyone we got together, we, we kind of clicked in a magical sort of way. And that doesn't always happen with bands. Um, in fact, mostly it doesn't happen. We were all getting along so well and just wanting to work together that I just carried on and wrote some more songs and we just took it away from there and, yeah, really been enjoying it. It kind of always been like this. What have your previous uh, performance recording experiences been like? As rosy as this or rocky? So I... Had a wee band, um, the Manuka set, mm-hmm. with Vanessa Kelly. Yes. Um, and she used to have uh, Deep Obsession. Was that an Australian group? Or was uh, that New Zealand group. Was New Zealand? They okay. Had, yeah, they had three consecutive number ones. Yes. And I think they might be the only Kiwi band still that have had that. Wow. I could be wrong by now, but certainly a couple of years ago, that was the case. So we did a few songs together and some music videos and had a really good time, but the... The timing was kind of off for us. Um, She had things going on and I had things going on. Um, But we never really uh, closed off the option of making more music. So I do think in the future we may do one or two more songs Mm. um, because it was really fun working with her. Really lovely lady. 
So what sort of um, uh, venues and environments on the way up uh, were you playing playing at? Was it all originals? Were you playing covers? Um, so I did do a bunch of covers um, with a chap named, uh, a local chap named Johnny Ginger. Um, so we did um, some of the old Johnny Cash songs, June Carter stuff, yep. you know, It Ain't Me Babe and Jackson and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so cover-wise, those were covers. Um, the music with Vanessa was um, originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I did um, a few originals with Greg Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was a, a duet called Stay. And um, we did a music video for that. It was a lot of fun. And I um, executively produced his album, Swing the Lantern, mm-hmm. which was cool. So uh, to me, it sounds like the role of executive producer requires um, tremendously varied skill set. Was that something that you'd sort of built up to or were you sort of uh, came in at the deep end or how did that how did that whole role come about? Um, well, he was uh, crowdfunding for that album. So I just wanted to see it done. So kind okay. of got involved that way. Mm-hmm. Um, what platform was he using? You know, I can't even remember. Yeah. Was it like a Kickstarter or something, a, like, something that. like that? Yeah. yeah. Go fund me. Yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we struck up a bit of a friendship, which was great. Um he did a house concert at my place, which was amazing, just in the backyard. Invited all the neighbours around, come watch Greg Johnson. Were you in Christchurch at this point? Yeah, or was this, yeah? yeah, over in Hallswell. Okay. And so that was cool. So are you just that go-getter kind of gal that gets on the phone or emails and says, hey, uh, I'm here, I want to do this? Uh, let's make it happen. Is that the the Miranda yeah, story? I think that is that is how I was certainly, because I was testing the waters and trying out different genres, and seeing where I would fit. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that even though all of those experiences with those bands were great, mm. I didn't fit really. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I decided to do my own stuff that I felt content. Like, oh, this is it. This is what I want to be doing. Okay. Okay. It's time for some music. We can pick this up in the uh, next part of the show. I do ask if you have an all-time favorite track. What would that be out of the millions of songs out there? It's definitely Helpless by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It's one of those songs that you almost wish you'd written yourself. It's like, it's so simple, yet so beautiful. How did I not think of that? Mm. I love it. Comfort man 
place to go All my changes were there Blue, blue windows behind the stars This is the Garden of Sound interview with Miranda Easton on Plains FM 96.9, celebrating the release of Behind Unbroken Strings, uh, which is Miranda's new album out today. Um, uh, This section of the show, we sort of talk about the creation of uh, one of your tracks, and one of the tracks on the new album is called The Travellers. Where? Where was this recorded? So this was recorded at uh, Roundhead Studios. Okay. I have to ask the question, all of this sounds like it costs a tremendous amount of money with this talent and these locations and, geez, just putting an album together. How do you pay the bills? It does cost a lot, uh-huh. but it's also spread over quite a long period of time. Okay. It took two years for me to get this album done. Okay. Um, but I must say... I've had some good deals. I have. I have okay. had um, maybe because of COVID, there was less work around. I don't know, but I have had some some good deals, and I think some people do like working with me, and it has made it a little bit easier. 
mm-hmm. but um it'll be really nice maybe one day to see a dollar or two come back <laughs> okay and would you see that through album sales or would you see that through touring yeah well touring's definitely on the cards yeah yeah that's exciting okay so roundhead what's the uh had you recorded at roundhead prior to the album i hadn't okay no. what, what was that experience like it was phenomenal mm-hmm. being in that building mm-hmm. just amazing the chandeliers and yeah the lights it's it's quite easy to get kind of caught up in it yeah you get in there and it's kind of you time stops at like you don't you don't know what what day it is and, and what the time is you can record in there until you know past midnight and you're like oh it's dark outside <laughs> uh how many songs are on the album so there's 10 songs on the album how many songs did you write for the album at least 25 okay Yep. Yeah. Was it Greg and others who were sort of weeding them out or working with you? What do you like about this? That kind of thing. Yeah, I ultimately decided which ones would go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them I thought would be better suited on a different album. Okay. I, I did kind of feel like I was writing two albums at once. Okay, so what's the what would be the difference between this? Because I'm feeling country. So there's a little bit of kind of pop country. Okay. And then there's... A few tracks that are more that, well, they're a bit kind of deep. The orphans, I have, okay. I have kept. Off. There you go. That's your second album. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Where does the lyrical content come from? Lyrics are probably my sort of my number one thing. Okay. I know a lot of people struggle with lyrics. I don't. I can um, I can churn out quite a few songs. I do read a lot, yeah. so I think some of that absorbs, um, and even listening to other other artists, yeah. it goes in, it goes somewhere. But yeah, I find writing poetry and lyrics really um, kind of easy. When did that start for you? Um, I think I was about seven or eight. I used to write in class instead of paying attention. I had all these little scribble books. I've still got some of them. They're quite hilarious. Um, what yeah. sort of stuff were you writing about? Ah, oh, just weird kind of abstract poems. I don't really know what that means. So me. you were in Christchurch and then yeah. you made your way over to the West Coast and you had that musical stop from the, <laughs> from, from the teachers. So yeah. none of that writing sort of continued? It, it really didn't. Wow. Yeah. So was it kind of a, do you feel like maybe putting words in your mouth, floodgates may have sort of opened into your 20s? Yeah, and I also tried out a bunch of other, like, jobs. Yeah? I tried working in retail Mm -hmm. and a few things, and I kind of got to a point where I thought, I'm going to regret my entire life if I don't do what makes me happy Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing, just writing and connecting and doing what I like doing. What did that fantastic lineup of supporting players, um, Tom, Greg, et al., uh, what did they bring to your songs? So I would go in with my words and my melody, sometimes with music, mm-hmm. sometimes without. Okay. And they would take it to a whole new level. All of the songs on the album are really big productions really full productions and um it really shines through in each song you can hear how much time went into it 
in the energy. I think um, that next song that we were going to be playing, some of us may have cried when we finished that one. Mm. It was like a really powerful moment because I, I wrote it about a, a double murder that I read about on the news that happened in Canada. Okay. I felt really sorry for this couple, like really sorry for them and upset. And so I wrote this song and I wrote it really quickly. It took me about half an hour to write the lyrics. And when I explained the story to everyone before we got into recording it and creating the music, I think um, it kind of struck a chord with everyone, <laughs> pun unintended. <laughs> it was, it's those kinds of moments that I, like, I really live for those kinds of studio moments and when you can explain a feeling to a musician or a producer and they can turn that feeling into the music it is truly magic
Shining down like lovers' lights They had gold dust in their pockets They had gold dust in their souls And everywhere they went Love and peace would follow This is the Garden of Sound interview with Miranda Easton on Plains FM 96.9. Uh, looking back, let's go back 20 years. What are you going to say to to little Miranda or teenage Miranda um, on the West Coast? It's all going to be okay. Don't sweat the small stuff. And also to stay authentic. Don't try and seek everyone's approval. You don't need it, you know, not to worry too much what other people think and really think about where feedback is coming from and to only take it on board if it comes from someone that you respect, someone who maybe is in the same industry that you respect and... um yeah, I think it's really important to remember that everybody everybody has an agenda and you have to stay authentic. Okay. How do you navigate as a sort of like a uh, an upcoming, admittedly you've done a whole heap in the past, but an upcoming star in people's eyes, how do you sort of work against those people that might sort of already be be there how does that kind of stuff work well something I have found personally and from talking with others is that a lot of people may want you to do well genuinely they want you to do well but not better than them and there is a bit of tall poppy syndrome going on in New Zealand and you do kind of have to make sure that you're keeping in mind what people want out of it for themselves. Um, you need to you need to really work out people's intentions before working with them. So do you have those uh, difficult conversations in advance? You ask people, what do you want out of this? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's really important to be upfront. Yep. Yeah. Something more joyous, <laughs> apart from the quiz, which you're going to do very soon, which oh. I'm very excited. Unfulfilled musical desires. Anyone else you want to work with out there? Any duets? Any any other amazing players? Yeah, I would love to write with Neil, Neil Finn. Yeah? So I've met him a couple of times, you know, uh-huh. in the studio. And last time I was there, he he actually came down and listened to three of my songs and sat with me and we had a chat about it. And... He gave me a whole lot of compliments, which was a real boost mm-hmm. from my hero. You yeah. know, it was amazing. Yep. And I went away from it thinking, gosh, why didn't I ask him if we could write something together? So, you know, one day I'd, that would be a dream of mine to write with Neil Finn. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, bigger dream would be to perform at the 
Grand Old Opry. Okay. In Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, we're going to go and pay some bills. Uh, we're with Miranda Easton. We're going to come back and play mini quiz. There's only one way to settle this. There is another way. Visit midiquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizzed in your neighbourhood really is. Miniquiz.com. Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Miranda Easton on Plains FM 96.9. We're about to play mini quiz. Uh, and no, it will not be terrible. It will be amazing and you will do fantastically. <laughs> Ten questions to answer. Uh, you'll have 60 seconds to do so. If you uh, don't know the answer to a question, just say pass. Right. Has right? anyone ever had zero before? No. No one has had zero. We've got a couple of ones. Yeah. Top is six currently. Most people don't get all the way to the end. So if you don't know, just pass. Okay. Miranda Easton, your mini quiz starts. Which international businessman founded Virgin Records in 1972? Uh, Richard Branson. According to the song Do Re Mi, a ray is a drop of what? Sun. The traditional African instrument called a djembe is a type of small what? Oh, gosh. Um, pass. <laughs> What's the stage name of the musician who was born as Ernest Evans in 1941? Oh, pass. The song Thank You for Being a Friend was the theme for which television show? Oh, crap. I should know this one, but I don't. Pass. Who controversially won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2016 but refused to accept the award? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's pass. The Kemp brothers were key members in which London band formed in 1979? No idea. Okay, there we go. Your time is up. We'll run through those. <laughs> Which international businessman? Well done, Richard Branson. Um, uh, Ray, a drop of golden sun. I'll give you sun. That's fair enough. Ajembe is a drum. Uh, Ernest Evans, chubby checker. So there you go. There's one for the quiz night. Thank you for being a friend. Golden Girls. Ah, oh, of course. Uh, refused to accept the Nobel Prize. That was Bob Dylan. Uh, the Kemp Typical. brothers were key members of Spandau Ballet. Oh, my mum's going to kill me. So there you go. Um, two out of ten. <laughs> Not the worst. <laughs> Almost the worst. And they were they were pretty tough. Um, okay, you've got this fantastic record um, that is out today. When are we going to get you uh, performing live around the country? Any plans there? Um, so we're planning some shows at the moment for mm-hmm. the second half of the year. Will this be big old national tour or just the just the main centres? I think we'll do the main centres. Okay, um, to start uh, before. Jetting off to Aussie. Okay. Obviously, Aussie, a big audience for you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, what about internationally? Any thoughts about, uh, I guess it's a bit tough in these COVID, COVID climbs, but would you like to get over to the... Yeah, I think we do need to get to the States. Okay. Um, hopefully, with everyone getting vaccinated, things yeah. will change. Um, but yeah, it would certainly be good to get over there. Fantastic. That'll be 
huge and we will one day see you at the Grand Old Opry. Yes. Um, we've got one more song to play now uh, and this track is called Country Feedback. What's your favourite part of the song? Uh, my favourite part of the song is the key change at the end uh-huh. where it, um, it actually drops. Yeah, it's just satisfying. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. And some pretty amazing guitar as well. Oh, the guitar, and that's Tom Healy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. You can just hear his talents just oozing out oozing. of him. <laughs> Literally. Everywhere. Yeah. Miranda, it's been wonderful to have you on Gardener Sound. Thank um, you for I wish me. you well with the release of the new album. Thank you. This film is on, on a maddening loop, these clothes, these clothes don't fit us right, and I'm to blame, it's all the same, it's all the same. You come to me with excuses and ducked out in a row. You wear me out. You wear me out.
Time for my track of the week, and I absolutely dig everything about it. From the production by Monica and Akura Tide, to the great vocals by Laura Hunter. This is Moment.
Thanks for joining me today on the show and thanks also to Miranda Easton. You can find out more about what Miranda's up to by heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on her photo on the front page. Huge thanks also to our show sponsor, miniquiz.com. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com. I'm Ian Turner, and I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Anohorah.